to the Peculiar Faith Podcast. My name is Eric Woods, and I am joined by Travis McKinley. Thanks for joining us. Today, we kick off our series on identity. In this episode, we are going to talk about what it means to be truly human and the significance of how we identify ourselves. Let's get to it. I am ready to go. I got my Himalayan salt lamp ready, fired up, ions are going, I got meatloaf in my belly, Jesus in the room. That salt lamp's pretty nice over there, not going to lie, but no, I'm fired up, I'm ready to go. It's It's a nice orange hue. <laughs> yeah. It has a very calming effect. It does. In my spirit. <laughs> All right, so today we're starting our identity series, Travis, and we're going to talk about the question, are you truly human? What does that mean? What does it mean to be human? We call ourselves, we are humans, we call ourselves humans. What does it mean to be human? Hmm. What would somebody on the street say to you if you asked them that question? I think if you were to survey millions you will get millions of different answers on that. And I think that is a question that definitely needs answered, but it's a question that humans and mankind are is they're just they're confused on the answer. We don't a lot of people don't know what it means to be human and and what that looks like because of all the different perspectives and all the different religions and all the different teachings and philosophies and and all the different worldviews tell a mixed story what does it mean to be human mm-hmm. well i think out of the plethora of available worldviews out there today most of them can really be boiled down into two or three categories so let's break them down real fast and talk about them and it's really going to lead us into what we want to talk about today anyway so i think the first one is uh materialistic you know, it has to do with naturalism, kind of what we talked about earlier. Uh, materialistic, where there's nothing supernatural out there in the universe. Every, It's only what I can see and taste and touch and feel or observe with science. Uh, if I can prove it, then it's real. If I can't, then it's not. And so that worldview says, I'm matter in motion. I am just material. I have been evolving for a long time, but I evolved from a very simplistic makeup into what I am today. And I really don't have any long lasting significance after death at all. Mm-hmm. I think C.S. Lewis refuted this stance pretty brilliantly. He said this, and I quote, supposing there was no intelligence behind the universe, no creative mind. In that case, nobody designed my brain for the purpose of thinking. It is merely that when the atoms inside my skull happen, for physical or chemical reasons, to arrange themselves in a certain way, this gives me, as a byproduct, the sensation I call thought. But if so, how can I trust my own thinking to be true? It's like upsetting a milk jug and hoping that the way it splashes itself will give you a map of London. But if I can't trust my own thinking, of course I can't trust the arguments leading to atheism, and therefore have no reason to be an atheist, or anything else. Unless I believe in God, I cannot believe in thought. So I can never use thought to disbelieve in God. 
unquote. Mm. I think that put it pretty succinctly. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. That explains everything from the naturalistic point of view. And I uh, basically refutes it in that one quote that without God and without human connection to God, then what are we at the core? You're an animal. Mm-hmm. That's their belief. Yeah. I am an animal from the animal kingdom. You and me, baby. <laughs> and that, yeah. And <laughs> that was a song it. from our, our high school days, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. <laughs> but that, and that song sums it up too. Yeah. That song, that song sums it all up to where if, if you're just a, a mammal, if you're just a, a, an animal, a part of the animal kingdom, then let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. Yeah. I mean, that's scripture mm-hmm. and that, and that goes along with scripture and that worldview mm-hmm. and, and Paul kind of explains it from, you know, well, if the resurrection didn't occur, if God doesn't exist, then we're just animals. Yeah. So a few other things are generated out of this line of thinking too, isn't it? Uh, YOLO. Remember that? Uh, yeah. You only live once. Mm-hmm. So do whatever you want because tomorrow you might die. That's birthed out of this type of worldview where mm. I don't really have any eternal lasting consequences for my decisions. I'm going to think for myself, do what I want. And, and that's that. Right. Yeah. That's that. And when that, before I became a Christian, I adhered to this belief before I was encountered Jesus Christ. Uh, I believe that all we were was a nervous system, uh, with a brain and we mm-hmm. had, uh, the capabilities of feeling emotions and sensations through the through the different receptors in our skin. I mean that, and then in that frame of mind, that God doesn't exist, and so my life was empty, without meaning, without purpose, and it allowed me to do whatever I wanted. Yeah. So. Yeah. On some level, I think it's a justification to do what you want to be your own god. Mm, definitely definitely because i could do whatever i wanted if god didn't exist then right because if god exists then i have somebody to answer to right or something to hold me accountable right and that's one thing largely we don't like (laughs) yeah not too many people like that part yeah (laughs) So that was the first worldview, kind of summing up, you know, a, a generalization of that. The second one is kind of the opposite of that. It's that human beings are essentially divine uh, spiritual beings that have become incarnated in physical bodies. And death might be like the freedom of the soul from the body back to the divine. So we see this a lot in Eastern mystical religions like Buddhism, uh, Hinduism, I think more closely to home, probably Wiccan or witchcraft. I know at uh, the job I had last, I had several uh, witches there that talked like this. Oh, wow. And they believe that everything is divine. Hmm. And if you tap into that divinity, you can reach a higher level of enlightenment. Hmm. So those two are kind of, you know, polar opposites. (laughs) Right? Right, right. Everything is God and nothing is God. Hmm. And what the Bible seems to do is offer a third narrative. Hmm. There's not, it's not the extreme of either or, but it's a combination. Well, it's not a combination of the first one, certainly, but it's a, 
yes, there is a God, but no, not everything is God type of thing. And so the biblical faiths like Judaism, Christianity, and every other biblical faith that has offshooted off of that, they all adhere to the fact that human beings are the intentional creation of a personal God. Mm. That's one thing maybe we've gotten away from a little bit. You know, we talked about deism Mm -hmm. last week and how we sometimes see God as a transcendent being only and not personal. So he's out there somewhere and he wants me to do what he wants to do, what he wants me to do, but he's not going to invade and, and get involved and be personal and relational in that way. And that's not what we see in the Bible at all. Right. In fact, all throughout the Bible, he is invading his creation in a very personal way, building relationships with the patriarchs and ultimately showing himself as a human himself mm-hmm. in Jesus. Yeah. That's like the ultimate. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> he became human. Yeah. He became what he created. So every biblical faith agrees that humans were created in the image of God. So we need to answer the question, what is the image of God? Hmm. So knowing God is key. You would, if we, we are discussing a personal God, then uh, is this personal God able to relate to me in any mm-hmm. way? Is he able to uh, understand uh, what I go through or what the human person goes through and mm-hmm. feels and is he like us is are we, are we like him what is this what let us let's dive into that mm-hmm. let's explore that so uh, one thing I have found very helpful in researching the image of God was a book called the unseen realm from dr. Michael Heiser he does a lot of research on this in Genesis one twenty six and that the surrounding passages. And here are here are a couple things that he points out about the image of God. Uh, the first one is both men and women are equally included mm. in the image. Nice. So there's no hierarchy there. Right. They're both imagers. They're both image bearers. Yeah. Another interesting point about, you know, the the men and women thing is a human in Hebrew is Adam. Hmm. We say Adam and Eve, uh, but Adam in Hebrew is just human. It's the general term for human. And so that word was used uh, without gender until we meet Adam and God is taking the rib out of Adam to make Eve. Mm. And so at that point, Adam becomes Ish Mm. and Eve becomes Isha. Mm -hmm. And together they form Adam. Nice. Humanity. So that's another beautiful picture of God. Oh yeah. God's math. One plus one equals one. (laughs) Right? That's good. Three plus one equals one, the Trinity. Yeah. We are we are separate, but we are somehow the same. Awesome. We are somehow joined together. We are somehow one entity. Yeah. If 
Oh, yeah. If you will. Yeah, and that reflects the image of God, man and woman, uh, this the relationship, the oneness, the, I heard a simple little analogy on male and female, how if they're in color form, if male was blue and female pink, and you put those two colors together, it's purple and purple is the royal color. It's the, Mm. it's God's color. Purple It's royalty. Those two colors combine man and woman combine reflect uh, the royalty of God, the image of God. And that's awesome. That's powerful. Such a simple little thing, but so revealing of uh, our relationships with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then to God, how it's all so, uh, it all just so uh, reflects. And it's amazing how that is just intertwined in our DNA and, yeah. and all around us and how we can just miss it if we just uh, close our eyes to it. But when our eyes are open, phew, everything gets so highlighted and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad you redeemed the red and pink analogy because when I was in youth group, purple was an illegal color <laughs> because boys were red and girls were pink and you were not, you were not allowed to make purple. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> that so I'm, I'm glad you redeemed that for me. <laughs> there you go. It's been redeemed. That's awesome. Jesus is a redeemer and yes, a restorer of all things. <laughs> there you go. All right. All right. So number two, uh, this is the second observation uh, Dr. Heiser made. Divine image bearing is what humankind what makes humankind distinct from the rest of earthly creation. Hmm. So we are the only kind. Hmm. We are the only species of creation that have the ability to image the creator, Hmm. Yahweh. Hmm. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) It is awesome. It is. So there's something about us that God said, I want to make them different. Hmm. I want to give them something special. I want them to image me. Set apart. Yeah. Completely unique in that way. Mm-hmm. Set Pretty a, cool. Set apart from the animal kingdom. Yeah. Set apart from the, all the other creation. We where, are something but mammals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We are more than mammals. We are more than mammals. That's Hallelujah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, the third point that he makes is there is something about the image that makes humankind like God in some way. So obviously we are not God. We are not Yahweh. Right. But somehow this image makes us like him. Hmm. So how does that happen? Hmm. How are we like him? Hmm. I think it has everything to do with love. Hmm. Everything. I would agree. And how it is, how that love is reflected through our relationships with one another mm-hmm. and, and with God, our creator, mm-hmm. our father, love will encapsulate and embody everything of what it means to be human. Mm-hmm. And it's love that needs to be the, almost the target or the, your highest ethic, your the, highest goal. 
that's it. Yeah. It is. Don't you think it is that way because that is who God has always been? Definitely. Definitely. I heard someone I listen to a lot is Dr. Tim Mackey from the Bible Project. Okay. And one thing that he said in one of the sermons I was listening to, which blew my mind, dude. I've never (laughs) heard this before in my life. And it was just like... (laughs) Nice. He said... God has never been lonely because he's never been alone. Amen. And then he he went on to explain, he's never been lonely because he's never been alone. He's always been in a community of complete self-giving agape love. Wow, that's awesome. So that's that's why he doesn't need anything. Because he is complete mm-hmm. in and of himself. In love. Yeah. And he's always been that way. And one of the greatest mysteries is why does he create and give that gift to other, give it, give that gift to humans. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's an awesome gift. It really (laughs) is. To, to be partakers in the divine nature. Isn't that what Paul says? Yeah, he does. Partakers in the divine nature of love. That's awesome. And you can see that. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Yeah, they're all submissive to one another. That's awesome. They're they're co-equal. That's the theological term we would use. Mm-hmm. Co-eternal. Right. Co-awesome. <laughs> Co- I like that. But it's true that his nature shows a relational God. This is a relational God. This is a loving yeah. God. And there's uh, this love is manifested one to another, the Holy Spirit to the Son, the Son to the Father. And just it's so reciprocal. And then you see that in human beings in our families, uh, husband and wife uh, to their children. And we see families being established and and we see all this. And it's all that it, all of it is. And it represents it's it's flowing from the nature of God. It's flowing from all that God is. And and we are literally uh, just tapping into our image and his image. And every time we uh uh, hug our wives uh, in the morning before going off to work. That right there is a reflection of God. That right there uh, comes from and flows from our Creator, our divine Creator, who has given us uh, institutions of family and given us uh, an established relation, loving relationships in which we are able to express His love and are able to express His very nature. It's an awesome thing. It's an awesome gift. And I believe that this topic, the image of God and and identity are so important to talk about because what it means to be human, let's dive in. Let's get into this. Let's Mm -hmm. let's talk about us because God shows us who we are because our identity and what it means to be a human being all flows from whose we are. If if you want to know who you are, then you need to know whose you are because everything from God, everything that he has, everything that he is, everything that he bestows on us as a gift, Mm -hmm. including identity and what it means to be human being, it all flows from him. And so understanding and having the true 
perspective of who God is matters because yep. if we don't know God, we don't know ourselves. If we if we think uh, that God is one way, then we'll be one way. And yep. if, and it's so it's so important to get the truth of the matter, and it's the truth that sets us free. And yep. so uh, building on that, building on the biblical foundations of identity and and then spiritual formation and the born again experience that's all intertwined in this topic and so it is my hopes and it's it is our hope to communicate what it means to be human through this mm-hmm. podcast and so so i'm ready yeah so i'm i'm glad you said that because it leads us into the the last point that that dr heiser makes and he he says there's nothing in the biblical text here to suggest that the image has been or can be bestowed incrementally or partially. Hmm. Hmm. There's nothing in the text that says I can get half of it. Right. There's nothing in the text that says I can get 90% of God's image. Right. It's just not in there. Right. You're either created as God's image bearer or you're not. Right. So one cannot speak of being partly or potentially bearing God's image. Hmm. We have the image of God. Right. We, we have it. And and so the choice is, are we going to live as image bearers? That's it. The scripture that, as you, as you were speaking, the scripture that just keeps being highlighted to me is when the Pharisees, uh, they tested Jesus uh, and they tried to trap him in uh, on the topic of taxes, whether to pay taxes or not. And mm-hmm. so they... They said, uh, is, it, is it lawful? Should we pay taxes to Caesar? And he looks at the, the drachma, the coin, and he says, well, he gives it back. He's like, whose image does it bear? And, and he's looking on it. It's Caesar's image on that coin. He said, well, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and mm-hmm. to God what is God's. Yep. If you pull, if you draw that out, whose image do you bear? That coin bared Caesar's image. That belonged to Caesar's. Give to God what is God's. You have the image of God. Yeah. And so this is the conclusion of Dr. Heiser kind of in this section of his book. The image is not an ability we have, but a status. We are God's representatives on earth. Mm -hmm. To be human is to image God. Mm -hmm. So to be fully human is to embrace the fact that I image God. Right. And I, I go for it. I, I do it. And that's it. So in order to bear God's image... To be God's imager, we must first identify what God says his image is and then accept it. Right? Correct. So we got to know what his image is. Right. Before we can image him. That's, Makes sense. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Definitely. Uh, if I'm playing a video game, I got to know what buttons to push before I go into the fight. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a video game nerd. So how do we find out what it is? Because... There will be a lot of things and people telling us what God's image is. Oh, yeah. Religion tells us a specific image of God. Oh, yeah. 
an atheist will tell you a specific image of God that they have. Mm. A Buddhist will tell you a specific image of God. So it's very important, I think, to go to the Bible. Oh, yeah. If the Bible is a meta-narrative, a large story leading to Jesus, mm. and it's all about Jesus, then I think we need to go to Jesus to figure out what God's image is. Yes. Because he's the exact representation of the Father. Yep. Right? Yep. He is the image of the invisible God. Yep. John says, nobody has seen the Father, but the Son showed us the mm. Father. John 1. Amen. Yeah. So we need to look towards Jesus, right? Yep. That's right. The, the Holy Spirit's been doing something cool in our lives the past couple weeks or so. Yeah. Uh, the Holy Spirit gave Travis a dream, and he's going to tell you about it a little bit. Yeah. And uh, it all goes and flows from this, uh, from identity. Uh, I was just what, last couple of weeks ago, just yeah. preparing for uh, a chapel to lead at school. And, you know, I'm praying and asking God, you know, which, which I speak on Lord and, you know, just show me, uh, just prepare me, prepare me for this. And, and so I'm driving along and he shows me this image where I'm up, uh, I'm up at the stage and I'm in front of the school and I'm seeing the students, but then the students in this, uh, what he shows me is everybody's, uh, are, are eagles. There are all these eagles out in the, in the pews and, and there was a couple frogs in there too, though. And, but all these eagles had clipped wings and they couldn't fly hmm. and they didn't know that they were eagles. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, man, I was like, that's it. I was like, wow, thank you, Lord. I was like, that's definitely it. And that has everything. They need to know who they are as children of God, that yeah. these are sons and daughters of God that, uh, and I'm, I was, uh, God was showing me that these clipped wings, these, this is nothing but lies of Satan, uh, trying to just, uh, trying to cause them and hinder them from flying and being free and, and keeping them in bondage to the ground, mm -hmm. to earth. They're, they, uh, forbidden to fly for mm -hmm. forbidden to freedom held in bondage through the lines of the enemy and uh, i don't know too much about these frogs yet and uh so I, it hits me the next day you know I'm, I'm i'm talking to my bible class and i share what god showed me and 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 everybody's looking at me kind of funny because i'm talking about eagles and frogs and <laughs> they're wanting me to change up the frogs to like why frogs we like frogs why not rats it, it, it isn't it's it is an obscure pairing for sure it is it is it really is and but i was like listen that's what it is all right, right. and uh but this one of my students in the in the middle row he's just like looks at me so dumbfounded and he's like Wow. He's like, I can't believe you're saying this right now. This is blowing my mind. I'm like, what? And he's just looking at me, just flabbergasted. And, and he's like, last night I had a dream and I didn't think it meant anything. I just kind of pushed it off like nothing. But now like, whoa, I was like, well, share the dream. And everybody's listening intently in my class now. And he's like, last night I had this dream. And in the dream, there was this hill. 
and there was this hillside and on top of the hill were all these eagles and at the bottom of the hill were all these frogs and the frogs were climbing up the hill and trying to get to the top and then you have these eagles up up at the top but they were hopping around like frogs i'm like whoa i'm like for one i looked around my room i'm like do you guys see what's happening right now? God's totally speaking to us. And he totally confirmed what God showed me uh, in preparation for this chapel that, uh, that the children of God have been, their wings have been clipped Mm -hmm. and they're being bound because they do not know who they are as sons and daughters of God. They have no clue and they're hopping around like frogs, which leads us into our conversation mm-hmm. about the born again experience. Mm-hmm. This this whole frogs and eagles, uh, com- this uh, this the difference between these two animal species and how very different they are. But why would the eagles hop around like frogs? It mm-hmm. is such a clear picture for me in the church of in, of the church of Jesus Christ in Christianity. I this is so evident, and this mm-hmm. needs to be shared one hundred percent because there are Christians who have grown up into the church, and we have con- we have these perceptions of who God is, and we have and we have been taught a certain way of what it means to be a Christian and what our relationship to God looks like, what it's supposed to look like. We have various uh, examples that might not fully line up to scripture. And through these, um, through these preconceived notions, we grow up into the faith, believing that all the born again experience is, is coming to the faith. Mm-hmm. And we come to the faith, or and we, then we or we say a prayer hmm. that's more like an incantation, um, and we think that's our get out of hell free card. And that's what we see in the church happening. Say this prayer, and one day you'll get to heaven. Mm-hmm. And it's like, is this the gospel? Mm-hmm. The gospel is so much more than that. Mm-hmm. This is such good news. Yeah with such great joy that there is transformation that occurs in the moment you come into the faith, a seed is planted and something on the inside of you begins to change and transform. And there's this metamorphosis that Mm -hmm. occurs that completely radically makes all Mm -hmm. things new Mm -hmm. and all the old all of it is done away with and behold all things have become new what is the newness what is this new nature what is the new creation that's where identity begins Mm -hmm. right there and the biblical authors had to redefine what was always supposed to be anyway so we're a new creation because It was tainted to begin with, but all the way back in Genesis one, that was how it's always was supposed to be. Mm. So the reason we have to metamorphize or metanoia is the Greek word for that, which means completely change. Mm -hmm. It's not, it is not 
say a prayer and there's no transformation. Right. A true a true conversion you enter into a relationship with the almighty God. The most powerful being in the universe. It is impossible to not be changed. Mm-hmm. And, and Paul under well, certainly Paul understood this. He got struck blind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was murdering people, and in like an instant, he goes, uh, "I love everybody now." <laughs> <laughs> right? Now, it, like that is a that's a dramatic change. Yes, it is, isn't it? Yes, it I is. I was watching uh, a Bible TV series, and they portrayed Peter and Paul, and it was pretty funny because Peter was still hanging on to like Paul. You tried to kill me, brother. <laughs> I, I'm just gonna take a while to, to trust you, and Paul's like, "Yeah, I did that, but I met Jesus. So are, aren't you supposed to forgive? Let's go preach." <laughs> <laughs> Boom! It's it's changed. It's complete. Like yeah. Uh, what is it? Second Corinthians five seventeen. The old is gone. Gone. Behold, all things are become new, or yeah. have become new. Yes, and so when you combine your spirit with God's spirit, mm-hmm. you are revitalized. You are born again, yep. born again. Mm. You were dead, now you're alive. Amen. And and there's the other part that is transforming mm-hmm. from glory to glory. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. From goodness to goodness. Yeah. But there's part of us that's completely changed. Oh yeah. In an instant. Oh yeah. And that's awesome. That's very awesome. <laughs> the, the scriptures say that uh, Jesus came to restore that which was lost. Yeah. Well, what was lost? Our identity, yeah. our yeah. relationship with God. We we turned away from God. We turned our backs on God. We walked away from Him, and that relationship was severed. But guess what Jesus came to do? He came, came to turn us around cleanse us and wipe us clean and give us back our true identity so we may know who we are and that is awesome and that makes us truly human yes it does yes it does because to be truly human is to image the truest thing in the universe right which is yahweh yeah amen and so you can see and, 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 and learn what it is to be human by reading about Jesus. Let's look mm-hmm. to Jesus. Let's look at his life. Let's see how he lived. Let's see how he acted. Let's see the words that came out of his mouth. Let's see how he responded to people, how he reacted in specific situations. We have all heard the sayings, what would Jesus do? That is an amazing, powerful, profound statement because we can we can find this. We can we we can look into the scriptures and and we see how he responded to the people that tortured him. He was marred beyond any man. And he, of all people, had every right to be offended. He had every right. And he was completely justified by the world's standards Mm -hmm. to completely come down off that cross and look to his father and say, they don't even want me. I'm done. I'm out of here. But we would never put those words in Jesus's mouth ever. We can't even conceive of it. Why? Because he's Jesus. Because he's love. Mm -hmm. He is love. He's the embodiment 
of the God of love. He mm-hmm. was the full 100% manifestation of God incarnate in the flesh on earth. And it was, it is so beautiful. And when you look through the proper lens, through heaven's perspective at Jesus, then everything is becomes so clear and it's so awesome because all of this is a love story. Our lives are love stories and it all it's a beautiful, glorious, amazing, happy ending story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Through all the trials and tribulations, God literally, literally works everything out for the good mm-hmm. of those who love him. Because he is good. Amen. That is that is God. That his essence is good. Yep. His essence is love. We like to talk about God's attributes a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, He is love. He is mercy. He is good. And then we put in, He is wrath, mm-hmm. and He's angry. A, a lot of God's attributes are contingent upon creation. Mm-hmm. So. If I have nothing to be mad about, then I can't have wrath. Right? Yeah. So what has been eternally existent? Which one of his attributes have been eternally existent? Love. All the way through. Love. From the beginning. So here's the 1024 for this week. We want you to share the love of Christ by going outside your circle of influence, finding somebody that you don't know, and share the good news of God's love with them by explaining to them who God sees in them. How does God view them? So the world may have told them that they were worthless. The world may have told them that there's no hope. The world may have told them that they're a child of the devil. The world may have told them that they're worthless. But Jesus says you are worthy. Jesus says you are a child of God. Jesus says you have infinite worth. Jesus says I love you. Thanks for joining us today. Feel free to check out our blog at peculiarfaith.blogspot.com. We're excited to continue this series on identity. Until next time, love Jesus, love everyone around you, spread the kingdom. Mm